We're in the book of Genesis chapter 12, and um, there's so much tonight that I want to share with you about the nation of Israel. A lot of people don't understand that in the day we live, why is Israel so important? It's important because God started Israel. The Jews did not exist until God called Abraham out of the land of Haran and the Chaldeans. The world was in a mess. After the flood, Noah's sons, pardon me, Noah, they were duds, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They were not much. In fact, the Scripture teaches us in the ninth chapter and in the 10th chapter, out of the sons of Shem, Ham, and Japheth come Magog, Gomer, Tubal, that's Russia, Iran, Saudi Arabia area. And the world was in a horrible, horrible mess, insomuch that there was idolatry everywhere. There was no voice for God on the planet when Noah came out of the ark. Oh, Noah, you know, he shared, but there was just so much he could do in the world. They went their different ways, and when people go their different ways, it usually doesn't work out well. And the Scripture says that they, um, one of the sons of, um, of Noah had a boy by the name of Nimrod. And during this time, Nimrod built a tower trying to defy God. That tower was called Babel. We get the word Babylon from it. It is the territory of Shinar. And they thought that they would build him a tower to reach the heavens. And God said that There'd be nothing that would hold them back. They would think of everything. And during this time of the Tower of Babel, in verse, uh, chapter 11, in chapter 10, it talks about an, a man by the name of Peleg, in verse 25, chapter 10. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg in the, in the days for in his days was the earth divided. A lot of folks think the flood is what divided the continents, but it is not. It's when God condemned and came down and confounded the language of Babel. When everyone was given a different language and they were scattered off, that's why it's called Babel. They were babbling all the time. They couldn't understand each other. It was a place of Babylon, a place of Shinar, a place of idolatry, wicked, false gods, and not recognizing the God of heaven. And in the days of Peleg, the, Peleg, the continents were divided. I believe that when God came down and confounded the language of those in the Tower of Babel, that was the moment that God scattered and divided the continents. Not only did he confine their 
uh, caused their language to be lost and they had different dialects, he also separated them and different continents on the planet. That's why you've got Africa and Europe and, and uh, the different, our continent and that, different continents in the Bible and, and then the continents that we know today. If you look at them, you'll, the, um, for lack of a better word, the idiots that think they know everything, they think that the earth is like a puzzle and it just kind of drifted apart. No, it was severed by God. And God severed the continents. The world was steeped in idolatry. God had no voice for himself. And so God found a man in Haran, the land of the Chaldeans, and his name was Abraham. Before Abraham, there was no Jew. Before Abraham, there was no Israel. For out of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob comes the nation of Israel. God chose to bring to pass a race of people called Jews out of Abraham. God chose Abraham to be the father of many nations. Abraham was old. He was so old that he was not able to have children. His wife was old, and she was so old that she was unable to have children. And God chose out two old people. The world was full of sin and idolatry and wickedness, and God says, you know, I'm going to choose two old people that their body is dead, and I'm going to cause Sarah to have a baby boy. And out of Abraham's loins will come a baby boy, and from that would come Isaac and then Jacob. Out of Jacob came the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel did not come out of Ishmael. The 12 tribes of Israel came out of Jacob. And God named Jacob Israel. And the 12 tribes of Israel from the loins of Jacob and, of course, the grandsons, there were a couple of grandsons there. So God chose Abraham to be a nation, a peculiar people, a treasure. He's going to use Abraham to reach the world. Remember, the world is in nothing but chaos. It is in idolatry. They don't know God. And so God's going to use Abraham to let the world know who he is. He's going to cause Abraham to be the father of many nations. He's going to promise Abraham that he would have nation after nation after nation, and out of him, all the world will be blessed. And God will get his message sent across to the world through Israel. Let's read verse 1. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. 
And we'll get into some preaching. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And from Abraham came the wonderful nation of Israel. I want us to look at why God loved and loves Israel. You may be seated. Israel, my Bible came out of Israel. My Messiah came from Israel. The gospel of Jesus Christ came from Israel. The Ten Commandments came from Israel. The account of creation comes from Israel, Moses. The resurrection comes from Israel, from a tomb of Jesus. My Savior is God wrapped inside of a resurrected Jew. My Savior is a resurrected Jew. And the church was born out of Israel. We need to understand that we owe a great deal of gratitude to Israel. Israel has had Let's look at it just for a minute. God says to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. That great nation happens to be Israel. And let me reemphasize that Israel did not come out of Ishmael. This promise came out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as I said this morning, to be pro-Israel doesn't mean that we're anti-Palestinian. We care about people. God cares about people. In fact, Israel was brought about by God's hand of mercy to send the message of salvation to the world. Israel is a unique place. Israel, a mighty nation, an incredible nation, it is a place where she had been taken into Babylonian captivity. In fact, Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity after the disintegration of the ten tribes and the twelve tribes of Israel. Assyria, the Babylon comes and takes Israel into Babylonian captivity. Israel has faced two total destructions. Seventeen times 
Israel has been reduced to ashes. Israel has faced 36 wars, a holocaust, a 1948 war when she was declared a nation, a 1967 war which backfired on those who attacked Israel, and Israel took more possession of the land. And every day, Israel has been faced with a constant bombardment of acts of war in her land. She's not known peace. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you, and he did. And today, I want you to understand that the greatest nation on planet Earth is not America. It's Israel. Because God is working more in Israel than he's working in America. If you don't believe that, look at the White House, look at the halls of Congress, look at our government. Israel has been reduced to ashes, but always came up. The Ottoman Empire is gone. Ancient Egypt, gone. The Philistines, gone. The Assyrian Empire, gone. The Babylonian Empire, gone. The Grecian Empire, gone. The Roman Empire, gone. The Crusaders, gone. The Spanish Empire, gone. Nazi, uh, Nazi Germany, gone. Soviet Union, gone. Iran, going. And all these empires are gone, and Israel is back in her land, and the Jews are still here prospering because God kept covenant with Abraham. Israel was taken into captivity by Babylon. Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar leveled the city of Jerusalem and Israel, destroyed it. It wasn't until the Persians gained control that a king by the name of Cyrus gave him permission to return Israel, permission to return to their homeland and rebuild the city and the temple, and that was an act of Ezra and Zerubbabel and Joshua, who was a high priest at that time, and they rebuilt the temple. It's the same temple that Jesus came to that was called Herod's temple, but it was actually Zerubbabel's temple. Herod the Great had added to the temple. He had did some work on the temple. The temple was rebuilt. And it was that temple that Jesus Christ came to, to give Israel a chance to repent and to receive their Messiah. They rejected. And Jesus Christ turned to the Gentiles and blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, according to Romans chapter 11. God now is calling out a people unto himself, a church, a people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should bring forth the praises of God as Peter spoke of. 
And this church will be complete. And when the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ is complete, the church will go up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, will be raptured off this planet, and God will once again turn back to Israel and say, now is your day, is your time. And the catching way of the church could happen at any moment. Isn't that good? If you want a good study, read about the last few chapters of Ezekiel. In fact, he put them in chronological order from chapter 37, uh, 36, rather, to the end of the chapter of Ezekiel. Chapter 36 and 37, Ezekiel's talking about the return of Israel. In chapter 38 and 39, he's talking about the battle of Armageddon, the great tribulation, Jacob's trouble. In chapter 40, verse, uh, uh, chapter 48, he talks about the millennial kingdom and the land and the temple that would return during the millennial reign. A lot of what Ezekiel spoke of has already happened in our day. And a lot is going to happen in the future that Ezekiel speaks of. Israel is a miracle nation. It's a miracle nation because out of the dead loins of Abraham came Isaac. Now the dead womb of Sarah came Isaac. It's a miracle because God had brought to pass a nation that would bring forth his glory and share the good news of Christ. And out of Jacob comes the 12 tribes of Israel, which make up Israel. Now, let's look at this because it's important that you see this. God tells Abraham, I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you. There's a blessing to God's to people that will honor Israel. The Palestinians, we love, but they're not the nation of Israel. We care about them, we pray for them, we love them. Hamas should be annihilated because their wickedness, there's violence in them. ISIS, Hamas, terrorists are using innocent Palestinians as a wall, a buffer to keep Israel from going in and taking them out. Listen, it takes a real stinking coward to hide behind a baby. Hamas are wicked, they're evil, and they're cowards because they're hiding behind the innocent. And Israel's going to be seen as a villain before this is over because it's almost impossible for Israel to bring out Hamas without there being casualties in this war. I want to share some things with you tonight that is vitally important. Did you know that Israel is the center of the earth? Did you know that? When God spoke of east, west, north, and south, it was always from Israel. Israel is the center of prophecy. Israel is the center 
of our future. Israel is the center of planet earth. Ezekiel chapter 5 verse 5, thus saith the Lord, this is Jerusalem. I have set thee in the midst of the nations and countries that are round about her. Jerusalem and Israel is the center of the earth. And God made a covenant with Abraham. And that covenant that he made with Abraham, I'll make you a great nation. And he made Israel out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then in the 15th chapter of Genesis, God is having a really good time worshiping God Abraham's having a really good time loving God. Abraham is offering sacrifice. He's having, a, he's having a swell time just giving God glory and giving God honor. And in this special moment in Genesis 15, God makes a covenant with Abraham. Verse 18, Genesis 15. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt under the great river of Euphrates. Wow. That is 300,000 square miles. And Israel is living in 9,000 square miles. David in his reign, Solomon in his reign, never exceeded that 300,000 miles. That 300,000 miles that God promised to Abraham would take in Jordan, some of Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and Kuwait. And that's the land that God promised Abraham and his descendants. Israel has never reached that capacity, 300,000 square miles. I'm here to tell you in the millennium, she will. She will. It'll take, them many, it'll, take them, it'll take that many countries just to hold the big temple that Ezekiel speaks of. Amen? And so, not only is the covenant God made with Abraham, it wasn't that Abraham was anything special. He was a heathen. God called Abraham out of the land of Chaldeans. And, and, and Abraham was, but he listened to God, and God said, if you'll follow me, if you'll do what I tell you to do, I'll make you a great nation. And Abraham went around all over the country saying, I'm Abraham. And everybody laughed at him because Abraham meant the father of many Nations. Where's your son? Don't have one. But he's coming. And everywhere he went, I'm Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. Where's your son? Don't have one. But it's, he's coming. And Isaac did come. And Jacob did come. In fact, in Genesis 26, verse 3, God promised Isaac, the same land that he promised Abraham. In Genesis 28, verse 13, God promised Jacob the same land that he promised Abraham. We need to understand 
that when God gave Abraham the land, he got the title deed. God gave Abraham the title deed. And when Israel came back in 1948, what a lot of people don't realize, when Israel returned to their homeland, as in Ezekiel 36 and 37, the land would blossom and the people of Israel would return. Israel, when they returned to their homeland, a lot of people don't know this, but Israel gathered their finances and they bought their land. They didn't just go in there and take their land. They bought their land. In 1948, they didn't have to buy it. It was already given to them by God. But they bought their land. They went in there and bought their land. And their land looked trashy. Mark Twain come along, I think it was in the 1800s, or latter part of the 1800s, and Mark Twain said, it's a desolate land. It was 18... 67. Mark Twain said it's, it's only a place for lizards and rats. It was a land that was, grew up. It was weedy and seedy and thorns and thistles. It was ruins. But the children of Israel, when they had the call of God, they began to make their way back to Israel. 1945, began to make their way back. 1946, 1947, 1948, and 1948, they were declared a nation. Harry Truman declared them a nation. When Israel was declared a nation in 1948, when Israel became a nation, and you find this in Ezekiel 36 and 37. Remember, Ezekiel 37, bone came together. There was many bones scattered. They were in the valley. They were scattered everywhere. Children of Israel were scattered all over the earth. The Jews were scattered all over the earth when this happened, and God began to bring them back together. And they became a nation in 1948. When that happened, when they announced that they were a nation, do you know what happened? The minute they were declared a nation in 1948, all their surrounding nations attacked Israel. I'm talking about Egypt. I'm talking about Jordan. I'm talking about Syria. I'm talking about Iraq. I'm talking about Saudi Arabia. I'm talking about Lebanon. And when they attacked Israel, Harry Truman did not give any Aid to Israel. Czechoslovakia gave some aid to it, but they did not, Truman gave no aid to Israel. He said, it's yours. We gave you the land, have at it. And the nations of Egypt, Jordan, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, all said, Israel will be no more. We will crush Israel. We will annihilate her. They had, Israel had no cannon. They had no tank. They had nine wore out planes that barely could fly. And only 19,000 soldiers. But when the smoke cleared, and the noise stopped, 
Israel stood victorious over Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, because God was on their side. Similar thing happened in 1967. God was on their side. I'm going to point out some things tonight that maybe some of you haven't seen before. When Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity, they were destroyed. Jerusalem was leveled. It was gone. The walls were torn down. Israel was destroyed. Jerusalem was destroyed. With Assyria, with Babylon, then the, um, the Medes and the Persians, it was just a mess. And so their homeland was destroyed until Cyrus, the king of Persia, says, we'll let you go back. And they rebuilt their city, rebuilt their walls, Nehemiah, Ezra, Zerubbabel, rebuilt and, and produced a temple, the very temple that Jesus walked in when he walked the earth. So they rose. Israel arose to the occasion. They came out of nothing. They came back. And then Jesus comes to offer them salvation as his Messiah. They reject Jesus. And when they reject Jesus, in 70 A.D., after Jesus calls out a church, and he's still calling out a church, in 70 A.D., Titus the Roman came in and literally destroyed the temple to where it is no longer in existence tonight. It's gone. Literally destroyed. And the children of Israel were scattered around the world. Jews around the world scattered, no homeland. They'd lost their Hebrew dialect. They were speaking Aramaic, the same as Jesus when he came. He spoke Aramaic. He didn't speak Hebrew. Only the high ups and the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees got into the Hebrew. And that even at that, it was poor because they had been in Babylonian captivity for so long. Greek had begun to, the Grecian Empire had, had messed with their dialect a great deal. And so they had lost their nation. The Jews had lost their nation. They lost their temple. They lost everything they had for the second time they've been destroyed. And then, and according to Ezekiel, Chapter 36, 37, God begins to call the children of Israel back to their homeland. And during the time in 1948, many of the Jews begin to make their way back to their homeland and they bought their land. They built what they could build, they fought those that come against her. God began to make the land prosper, according to Ezekiel 36. The land began to blossom. Things began to happen. Medical advances came from Jewish people. Unbelievable medicine breakthroughs came through Israel from the Jews. Nobel Prizes were awarded, not just a few, but 
30, 40 Nobel Prizes. Israel began to excel, began to grow. And while they're growing, the nation of Israel is starting to reform and form back in 1948, 1967. Israel has always had people trying to crush them. Always had people trying to annihilate them. But Israel has always came out on top because the God of heaven promised them that they would return to their homeland, never to have to be gone or be removed again. God said in Deuteronomy 7, 7 and verse 8, he said, and the Lord did not set his love upon you, speaking to Israel, nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for ye were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. The reason Israel is here today is because God is faithful. God made a promise and God's going to keep that promise. Israel has been a failure, a failure, and a failure. But God is not a failure, and God will keep his promise with Abraham, his friend, and he'll keep a promise with Israel because it was an unconditional promise that he made Abraham. I'll bless you. I'll build you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll make you, I'll give you a great name. I will use you to bless the world and the nations of the earth because God said, I want a man. He brought the man, Abraham, out of the land of Chaldeans. There, uh, there he brought him from Haran. And God speaks to Abraham and says, line up, boy. We're going to circumcise you. We're starting something brand new. I don't know what Abraham's response was. But I don't think I would have had a very good response at that. What's that got to do with being circumcised? Well, the point of circumcision is the point of procreation. And God is going to use Abraham to procreate the earth with his holiness and his righteousness. He's going to bring about his law, his commandments, and his son, Jesus Christ, into the earth. And he's going to bring it through Israel. Now, Israel gets destroyed by Titus the second time. But I want you to understand in Ezekiel 36, verse 24, it says, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land, 1948. Ezekiel, the dry bones, chapter 37. And so God brings the children of Israel back into their homeland and he establishes one of the greatest nations on planet Earth, nuclear capabilities, army second to none, technology second to none, Israel, a fascinating nation, small, but yet profound in all that God has blessed them in. 
They'd face Assyria, they'd face Babylon, they'd face Roman, they'd, they'd, they'd face the Grecian Empire, they'd face the Russian Tsars, uh, they had faced Nazi Germany, and all of hell tried to smother them and destroy them, but Israel keeps coming to the top because God is faithful. God made a promise, and God says, I'm going to use Israel as a centerpiece for my table of time. And I didn't choose you, Israel, because you're big. I didn't choose you because you're so awesome. I chose you because I'm awesome, God says. I chose you because I love you, and I chose to make you. He's the sovereign God. He said, I'm going to use Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, sovereign God, and I'm going to use Israel as the center of the earth. I'm going to use Israel, Jerusalem, as the center of the earth, and I'm going to use Israel to permeate the world and tell the world and the God-haters and the atheists and the God-mockers, I'm going to show the world that the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, our Lord, is truly the Messiah and truly the God of all living. Isn't that good? Now, there's a scripture that I want to point out that we need to, to catch because this is so awesome. God says in Amos chapter 9, verse 15, the last verse of the prophet, the prophet Amos. All the prophets spoke of the land, the promised land. The land at the time of Abraham called out, filled with Gergesites and, and uh, uh, all the termites and good nights and no hellites in the land, the Canaanites. Palestine was just riddled with Canaan. Wasn't until later Palestine was mentioned, but prior to that, it was the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Goodnites and the Nohelites and the Termites and all those things. And God said, I'm going to give you that land. I'm going to give you that land because they're heathens, they're, they're idolater worshipers. I'm going to give you the land because I'm going to use you as my peculiar treasure to bring for the message of salvation that there is a God in heaven. There is a God that changes life and there is a sovereign God that does as he pleases. And so Israel was not in existence. If you find a map in 1945, Israel won't even be on the map. Not until 1948 was Israel put on the map. But Israel was on the map 2,500 years prior. Hello. And the land belongs to God. And God gives it to whomsoever he pleases. Amen. I want you to listen. It's important that you see this because this is very important. Amos said, you're only going to be scattered around the world twice. 
When you come back to your land, I will protect you. All the prophets spoke of the promised land. Here's what Amos said in verse 15, the last verse in the prophet Amos. I will plant them upon the land, their land, and they will no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them. That's why there is no way, there is no chance like a snowball in hell that Israel's land will be taken away from them ever again. God will fight for her. God will stand for her. God says, enough is enough. You've been banished twice. You've been made in ruins twice. I'm bringing you home because when I bring you home, I'm preparing to put an end to sin and put an end to evil. There's going to be a great tribulation. There's going to be a time of of Jacob's trouble. I'm going to bring to pass the end, and I'm going to establish the beginning, and I'm going to finish the end because I am faithful. I called Abraham out, not that he was good. I'm good, God says. Not that Israel was good. It's, it's very obvious that Israel was a dud. But God says, no, 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 no. Keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on Israel because God's going to fight for her. Zechariah 2, verse 8 and 9, For thus said the Lord of hosts, After the glory, after the glory, hath he sent me into the nations which spoiled you. For he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. God's got something in his eye right now. I said, God's got something in his eye right now called Hamas, called violence, called ISIS. But he that touches Israel touches God, the apple of his eye. So Israel returns to her land in 1948. And in 1948, they did not have a common language. They did not have a land. They spoke Aramaic, and many of them spoke Greek and Latin and other languages because they'd been scattered all over the earth. But in 1948, the people of Israel that bought their own land again and returned to their land decided that they would learn Hebrew again. And in their house, in their family, they spoke nothing but Hebrew. Home after home, house after house, they began to speak Hebrew. To today, we have a very well-spoken group of people in Israel that speak Hebrew. God, they lost their nation. They lost their language. They've been totally annihilated, yet they came back. No nation's ever done that but Israel. No one's ever come back 
let, uh, once, let alone twice. And when they came back, they got their land. And Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9 says, they receive a restored language. Well, then will I turn to the people a pure language. I will return a pure language that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him in one consent. God not only restored the land, he restored their language, their Hebrew language. He raised Israel up and brought to pass a great nation. And I want you to know that when Israel was disintegrated, when they... Let me just stop right here. The name of Israel is not Palestine. Palestine is not a nation. It's a people, but it's not a nation. Israel's a nation. It had been annihilated, scattered across the land, but God called them home, brought them back. In our day, in our day, 1948, in our day, God raised Israel back up. In our day, God says, you touch Israel, you touch the pupil of my eye, the apple of my eye. In our day, God protects Israel, not because Israel is living for God, but because God made a promise and God will keep that promise. It's not because Israel deserves anything. They don't deserve a thing. They've been banished twice. They've been reduced to ruin uh, many times. They've been through war. They've been through all kinds of attacks. They've been through all kinds of hell. But God says, okay, enough's enough. In 1948, he begins to call the children of Israel back home. And they learn their new Hebrew language, their, their old Hebrew dialect. They learn it. They now have one of the most high-tech armies on the planet. More high-tech than the United States. Let me tell you, Israel could take out Iran in six minutes. Israel could take out Hamas in just a few minutes. But the reason Israel is not taking out Hamas is because of the innocent they're hiding behind. The children, the babies, the innocent. An Israeli soldier will take the bullet before he allows himself to kill a civilian. They're committed. They're warriors. Don't listen to the media. Poor Palestine. You hear me? Poor innocent. But don't kid yourself. Hamas has used Palestine as, as a buffer. And many of the Palestinians hate Israel. The nations of the world has come against Israel. We're seeing that happen now. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if we're not already in World War III. We may already be there. Russia's already having talks with Iran, Lebanon, talks with Iran. Iran said that they were not responsible for it at all. Well, why are we talking to them then? 
Amen? Russia's already declared they'd support Iran. I don't understand why our leaders in our nation would send them billions of dollars when they're just going to turn it back into weaponry. I don't understand why our leaders would give finances and look at all that armory and look at all them weapons of war we left in Afghanistan. I guarantee you Hamas has that in their hands. Hamas has that. It's time that America gets some brains, some guts, some fortitude. Now, I'm a little different than most people, but when our president, Joe Biden, said we need to keep the rules of war, we need to abide by the rules of war. And I'm thinking that's the problem. You pull a knife on me, I'll pull a knife on you. You spit on me, I'll spit on you. You come at me with a gun and I'll come at you with a gun. No, if you come at me in a lethal way, if I have to, I'll use a ballistic missile to take you out. War is hell. But when you play with war, more innocent get killed than you could ever dream of. Amen? Jimmy's sitting there. He knows what I'm talking about. He knows it's right. I'm going to drag you in so everybody know you're, in, you're on my side. <laughs> I'm dragging you in, Jimmy. Ezekiel, verse, or chapter 36. Let me look at that real quick, and then we're going to wrap this thing up for next Sunday night. Ezekiel, chapter 36 by the way, Ezekiel, all, a lot of things we've already, a lot of things we've seen has already happened. Ezekiel's prophesied. And all this is in chronological order from chapter 36, 37, all the way to the last chapter of Ezekiel. It's all giving us an outline of what's going to happen in the future. Look at verse 1 through 7. Also, thou son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, because the enemy has said against you, ha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. Therefore prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord God, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, speaking of Israel, that ye might be a possession under the residue of the heathen, and ye are taken up in the lips of talkers and are an infamy of the people. Therefore, ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains and the hills, to the rivers and to the valleys, to the desolate wastes, and to the cities that are forsaken, which become a prey and derision to the residue of the heathen that are round about. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all the Adumia and which have appointed my land appointed my land into their own possession and the joy of their hearts with despiteful minds to cast it out for prey. 
prophesy therefore concerning the land of Israel and say unto the mountains and the hills to the rivers and the valleys, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I have spoken in my jealousy, my fury, because you have borne the shame of the heathen. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I have lifted up my hand. Surely the heathen that are about you, they shall bear their shame. Notice in verse 5, God says, the land is my land. And the people that have taken my land, I am furious. I am jealous. They will suffer my vengeance. The land belongs to God. He gave it to Abraham. And then God calls him home. Verse 24, and I will take you from among the countries and bring you to your own land, your own land, verse 24. Talks about what he do. Ezekiel chapter 37, you dry bones. And we have seen in our day, Israel rise to be a great army. We've seen in our day, Israel rise to be a great nation that once was in ruin. Everybody tries to destroy her, but no one will destroy her. God allowed Babylon Syria, God allowed Roman, um, uh, the, the, the Roman emperor to come against in, in the time of Titus in 70 AD. God allowed that destruction, but now he's brought his children home. God has brought the Jews home. God has brought Israel home. Israel's back on the map. God's back on the spot. The centerpiece is back on the table. God's got his children back in the promised land. And it makes no difference come, come hell or high water. Israel is there to stay. And when the tribulation comes, God's coming his way. And when he comes his way, he's going to put an end to sin and death and hell and he's going to bring to about after the great tribulation he's going to bring a new heaven a millennium a kingdom we're getting ready to leave amen, amen. Hitler tried to destroy him but he couldn't do it Rome tried to destroy him but he couldn't do it Nebuchadnezzar tried to destroy him but he couldn't do it and by the way they thought they did Jews didn't even exist before 1945-48. Jews were scattered everywhere. There was no homeland. There was no language. But God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? Thou knowest, prophesy. And say, hear ye the word of the Lord. Bone began to shake and there's a rattling. I want you to know there's a rattling taking place right now. Israel is assembled back together. So keep your eyes on Israel. Now, I don't know exactly when it's going to happen. I'm, I, I went a little long, but I, you need to listen to me. Russia will come down from the north. And they will come with Iran. When Russia comes down from the north... Russia will be destroyed. They'll lose the battle. That could happen before the rapture. That could happen during the rapture. That could happen shortly after. But I want you to know 
when Iran set in motion with Russia and everything's, all the players in place, everything's in place, and all nations come down to swarm against Israel, God will protect her. God will protect her. Of course, there's an Antichrist coming, going to try to make a covenant, and that will happen. Because Israel's tried so hard to be at peace. And that's why we're told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Israel's tried so hard. With the touch of a button, Israel could destroy every one of her enemies. But God has a purpose. God has a plan. Keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on Israel. Because while you got your eyes on Israel, we're going up. We're going to be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. We're out of here. We're gone. That last person is going to be saved into the church of Jesus Christ. When that last person is saved, the church is complete. We're out of here. We're gone. And Israel will still be here. And God will prepare the great tribulation, the end time, and it will happen. I'm so encouraged. I'm so excited. Watch Israel. She ain't going nowhere. Watch her. Watch Iran. Watch Russia. Watch the countries that's trying to come against her, and watch how some of these allies turn against her. Watch it. It's all in God's plan. It's all in God's plan. Stand with me. I went a little longer tonight than normal, but Judy isn't here to tell me to <laughs> zip it. See, Israel was disintegrated twice. Amos said, no more. They'll never be taken from the land. They're in it. They're, gonna be, they're in it to stay. When Israel returned to their land, they're there. They're never going to be removed. They're never going to be destroyed. God's going to fight for her. And I'm not saying that because Israel deserves it, because they don't. Don't make Israel a hero in this. They're not a hero. God is the hero. Let's don't make Israel the great, great, you know, hero in this, this scene. No. Israel is Abraham's covenant that God made with Abraham. Israel is a great nation, yes. But she doesn't deserve any more protection than any other nation. But God made a promise. God made a promise. And that promise was to Israel. And I'm going to put you as a centerpiece on the table. I'm going to make you a trembling cup to all nations. Everything's going to center around you. And I'm so grateful for the fact that Jesus is about to come and take his church home. Israel will not be alone. Israel's got a lot to pay for. Israel's got a lot of... A lot of destruction coming their way. Israel will not have peace until the King of Jesus returns, the Prince of Peace. 
but I am so excited about the coming of Jesus. Stop and think about it. COVID-19, churches trying to be shut down, a government that cannot be trusted, technology beyond our capability to control. It's all in God's master plan. It's all in God's master plan. We're going to give an invitation. And I want you to understand that Israel's no special, no more special than we are. But they were chosen of God. And because of that, God will keep His promise. By the way, God made some promises to us that are born again, too. Hang on. It's not your performance. It's His, Jesus. And He's made some promises to us as a church. And we're going to get it. All the nations will know. All the nations will know that God raised up Israel. One of the leading importers of fruit, leading importers of medicine. I don't know about you, but I think we ought to get Israel to provide all our medicine. Quit buying it from China. I pray over every pill I get for fear that China made it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship the Lord for a little bit. Worship the Lord. He could come any moment. Go ahead, John. Let's just worship the Lord. I exalt thee, Lord. 